I minister a lot in Africa, and when I say hallelujah, you say amen. Ready? Hallelujah. Amen. There we go. Hey, my name is Miles Phelps, and uh, my wife Melanie and my daughter Penny and I, Penny L and I find our home here at Church of the Savior. We love this church. Uh, we also get the esteemed privilege of leading a ministry called City for the Nations, and uh, we are some of your global partners uh, that this church supports. So thank you for helping send us around the world. I want to say thank you to Pastor Steve and Sister Sue, the whole pastoral staff. And how about that worship team today? Man, praise God. Very powerful today. You know, they, they practice on Thursdays, and it takes years to refine the gift of singing and uh, the, the music and all that. So thank you, worship team, for all that you've brought today. Just want to say thank you to the staff as well. It's been a joy this week working with them in preparation for today. So just want to mention City for the Nations. Uh, we're, we started here in Lexington, mobilizing Lexington to reach unreached people groups. We matched Lexington with Nepal. And we've reached a lot of people groups, and now our vision is to reach every village there with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What started in Lexington multiplied. You can see it there uh, on the screen behind us. Nepal, Richmond, or Rich, uh, Richmond, Niger, Jacksonville, Thailand. And it, it's going on and growing. Our latest city, Huntsville, is adopting the nation of Chad. But our heart is to see no more unreached people groups and to see the Great Commission finished. And there are many ministries around the world now that are united to see the Great Commission finished by the 200th, or sorry, 2000th anniversary of the Great Commission, which will be in 2033. Hallelujah. How many of y'all would like to see that happen in our lifetime? I tell you, it is within reach in what we're seeing. God has given us a grace as a ministry to go after the least, the lost, and the last. We're called to go after the difficult places, and, um, and we're grateful for that. I want to just mention, hey, there's about 3 billion people still in the earth that haven't heard the name of Jesus, haven't heard the good news, and God has called us to go there with our prayers, with our finances, and by helping send people to these places. And here's some results that we've seen over the past nine years through the ministry. We praise God for that great fruit. And you're a part of that as a ministry. I want to show you a quick video. It's called Worth It All. Those of you that are tuning, uh, tuning in uh, over the internet will not get to see this for security purpose. So just hold on tight. Uh, we'll be right back with you. So check out this video, those of you that are here with us. Worth It All by Melanie L. Phelps.
Praise for that. He is worthy. He is worth it all. We believe everyone has a role to play in the Great Commission. Whether you're here in Lexington or you're around the world, the Great Commission is for all of us. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, We want to invite you to join our Nepal prayer movement. Uh, You can scan this QR code right here and join that prayer movement. Everyone here can do this. We send out weekly real-time prayer reports from the field, the front lines of the gospel advance in Nepal. And I tell you, above everything, we train church planners all over the world, but above everything, beyond their support, the training, all that we uh, invest in them, it's your prayers. All the time, everywhere I go, tell them their prayers are impacting our lives. And they're going into these difficult places where there's persecution, where there's demonic strongholds, and these things are broken through prayer. And all of us are called to join in that. So you can scan that QR code and put your uh, name and email there, and you'll begin to receive those weekly updates, as well as there's teachings, all kinds of wonderful resources. If the QR code doesn't work for you, we've got a table there out in the front, and we would love for you to sign up for that prayer movement. Uh, My hope is that we have hundreds of people sign up this weekend to pray for Nepal and play their role in that way. Thank you all for that. So we're continuing a series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is the third week. Uh, Pastor Bill did uh, just an amazing message on the power of the Spirit. He really focused on the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I personally enjoyed his, his testimony of how God restored his marriage, how the power of the Spirit transformed his life. Did y'all love that message from Pastor Bill? Man, if you didn't get to hear it, It's on the website. I would encourage you to check it out. And then the week before that, Pastor Steve did a message on the assurance we have through the Holy Spirit. Really so important for us as we're walking with Christ that we know that we're saved. The lies of the enemy will come at us and to doubt our salvation, especially those who are new in their faith with Jesus. He also gave some great steps how to walk people we're discipling through knowing that assurance they have in Christ. So today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit's baptism of fire. Now this is the cleaned up version of it. I really wanted to call it, there's a flame for every head. <laughs> and those of you, I mean, I know we have a, a, a real great uh, array of people here, old, young, diverse here. I love our church and the diversity that's here with uh, ethnicity and all that. And even where we come from in the body of Christ, some of you may be brand new believers. Some of you may not be even serving Jesus yet. Some of you are very seasoned and have had deep encounters with the Holy Spirit and are a, a dynamic, spirit-filled believer. So really today, I recognize that we are across the board here, and I really want to give a a biblical sound message to you that you can run with, that this is the Word of God, not somebody's experience, my experience, your experience, but this is what the Word of God teaches, and that's what we need to be in alignment with. So there is a flame for every head, though. Hallelujah. If you all would, can you stand to your feet? I would love for us to read the Scriptures together. And there's some good names of cities and languages. By the end, if you don't have the gift of tongues, you're going to have it after reading this. Anyway, 
All right, if you're ready, let's read together. You can see it there behind me. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And... and, Amen. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, multitudes... Yes, because everyone heard them speaking in their own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these? Good job. And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia. Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrus. Y'all are doing good. We hear them speaking in our own language, tongues. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for your holy word. Hallelujah. It's living. It's active. What you did back then, you want to do today. You said greater works than these will you do in my name. So we're pressing in and believing you for the greater works. Thank you for the example of your word. Lord, show up today in power and freedom. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. You may be seated. Several years ago, I was ministering in Nepal. My family was with me. My buddy Doug Boggs right here was there. Luke Long, some, some others from Lexington. And uh, we were training leaders, church planners, this great movement that had just unleashed all over the nation, all these people groups coming to Jesus. And that morning, I was seeking the Lord. I knew we were going to be meeting with some new believers from a people group two years earlier that had no Christians among it. Then I knew after that we were going to go to a village where there was somebody who was open to the gospel. One of the church planners who we had supported and trained had been sent there and he was prayer walking around this unreached village and there was somebody who was open, a person of peace. So we show up at this church. This is the building. It was a straw roof. Uh, and it was very hot that day, right, Doug? It was 110 degrees, baby. It was hot. You want to talk about the open the floodgates? It was coming out of my face that day, man. It was sweating profusely. And so a handful of believers among this people group, worshiping Jesus, Doug shared the word of God that day. I'm going to tell you, it is so much fun. What a joy. What a great thrill to worship with new believers from these people groups. I mean, it is amazing. But to paint the picture, you had to duck down to get into that place. When you stood up, you had to stay squatting down. There was 
mice running around in the ceiling of it and stuff falling on you that I don't want to remember. Anyway, but I'm going to tell you, it was amazing what the Lord did that day. At the conclusion of Doug's message, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, talk to them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I asked them, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? It was just like in the scriptures when Paul went to Ephesus and they said, we have not even heard about a Holy Spirit. So I shared with them from Acts, these scriptures we just read and a few others. And then we had a time of prayer. So here's a short video clip of right before the Holy Spirit showed up in power. But you can see uh, this, this beautiful gathering of believers. Hindu women showed up unexpectedly. Somebody from the church had invited them, and they were unbelievers. And they came because they heard that these people were coming who, when they prayed, healing and miracles happened. And so uh, the Holy Spirit began to move. And when they prayed for the Holy Spirit to come, he showed up. I'm going to tell you, a mighty rushing wind came literally blowing through the stagnant air building that was there. I mean, my hair was moving back. My hair stood on end. All of a sudden, all these people were, I mean, it was not cute, y'all. It was messy. And they were falling down. I didn't know if they were speaking in tongues or not because I don't know their languages. And I went to our leader. Are they speaking in tongues right now? He's like, oh yeah, they're speaking in tongues. And man, the Holy Spirit was poured out there that day, just like in the book of Acts. Once again, these people had never seen a charismatic service, a TV show or anything before. It was just the pureness of what God did that day. My, 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 it was fun, wasn't it, Doug? Oh, my gosh. I want to talk to you about the person of the Holy Spirit. In Acts, we read about the Holy Spirit being poured out. Jesus promised that he would send the comforter. In the Greek, the paraclete, or the, uh, the one that comes alongside to help us, to strengthen us, to empower us. But the Holy Spirit is a person, Out of the Trinity, he's one of the most mysterious of all three, though. But he wants to, he, he, it's not, uh, intentional that he's mysterious, but I'm telling you, he's not of us. (laughs) We're to be of him, and we're to join him in who he is. And I tell you, when he shows up, he shows up in power and liberty. He wants to reveal himself in a real way. And when he does it, it's tangible, it's unparalleled, and it's unmistakable. For six months before I became a Christian, God sent six different people to me sharing the gospel. And I rejected it. I was a, 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 a universalist at best. I had been hurt by Christians in my past. And two of these people, I was volatile towards and almost beat up. So much anger and rage within me. And they came to me in love. 
But one night I was in a car accident. Three people were almost killed that night and it was a wake-up call. And I, all I can tell you is the Holy Spirit showed up in my bedroom that night. And what was doubt, unbelief changed in a moment when his conviction came upon me of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And I was aware if I would have died that night, I would have went to hell and faced judgment for my sins. And I realized in that moment that Jesus had been sending all these people to me. And all this pain in my life was not caused by God. That he came to bring freedom and liberty and he loved me. And I cried out to him that night and I said, Jesus, I'm sorry. That's all I knew to pray. Because I realized that day he loved me and he'd been sending all these people to me, pursuing me all those years. And I felt liquid love wash over me. It was undeniable. I had never felt anything like that in my life. And it changed me. And that began the journey of following Jesus and this great adventure that he's had me on now for many years. The Holy Spirit does not want to remain mysterious to us. He wants to reveal himself to us and let, and us have, walk with him in true relationship. So there's different ways that, and different examples or symbols that the Holy Spirit and even the Lord Jesus spoke of. One, the, as a river, that the Holy Spirit would come. Or I'm sorry, the first one is rain. And, and the, in the Old Testament, the prophets prophesied, even Joel and Peter later on references at the day of Pentecost, that there would be the former and the latter rain poured out. And this rain would bring forth a harvest. This was a prophetic picture of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives for the lost. So that rain then, that's one reference. But then also Jesus spoke of this river that as we would receive him and as we invite the Holy Spirit to baptize us, to fill us to overflow, that that rain that brings refreshing, renews us, would turn into a river. And this river is is a channel, (laughs) a conduit for God's power and anointing to flow through us to the lost. See, we're not called to hoard the Holy Spirit in our lives. In fact, what I've discovered, the more we release it, the more he gives us. So he wants to renew you, awaken you, but then turn you into an overflowing conduit, a river of his presence. And I would even go as far as to say, a river to the nations. God wants to renew and awaken those that are lost among us, but also to the nations. The next area is oil or anointing. Now, this can be a spiritual word, sometimes a word we don't understand. Sometimes people throw this word around the anointing of God. But in the the Old Testament, kings, priests, and prophets were all anointed with oil. But that oil was just symbolic of the Holy Spirit's presence flowing in our lives and moving upon us and empowering us. God has called us through the Uh, through uh, our salvation in Jesus to move as prophets, kings, and priests. This is part of the new covenant. As a king, God has given us authority to bring into the earth. 
in your workplace, in your neighborhoods, in our cities, around us. We're called to take the kingdom message of Jesus' authority to overcome darkness and evil. As a priest, we're called to minister in our families. The, the, the Lord Jesus flows through us. I tell you, the, the most holy and sacred place should be our families. This is the institution that, that Jesus set apart. Church is not just for Sunday. It should start in our homes. Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday should be a set-apart place where we can meet with the Lord anytime. Our kids should know about the fullness of God's Spirit and the Word of God, not only in children's church, which I thank God for children's church, but it should be in our homes. And as priests, we get to minister to the Lord as well. As prophets, we bring his power and his now word all around us to those that know him and don't know him yet. But this is his anointing. The Holy Spirit also comes as wine. In Ephesians 5, 18, Pastor Bill alluded to this scripture, and I'm going to reference it a few times today. It talks about not being drunk with wine, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we should be filled to overflow. Be intoxicated in the same way somebody drinks to overflow. Am I speaking to the right group here? Anybody got a past in here? No, I guess you all are too holy for me anyway. When I used to drink, I used to drink to get drunk. And now as a saved believer of Jesus Christ, I don't get drunk anymore with wine. I get drunk in the Holy Spirit. Be filled with him to overflowing in my life. That I, I never get enough. I just want more and more of him. That's the parallel that we're to have. But this new wine of the Spirit will fill us to overflow and consume every part of our life. We're called to be filled with the wine, also with the dove, which is symbolic of peace. Even when the Holy Spirit baptized, filled, descended on the Lord Jesus Christ, it says it was like a dove. And it's symbolic of the peace that we bring with us everywhere we go. As Christians, we are called not to be a thermometer to judge the temperature of things. Too often, we can go into circumstances and, that are difficult or we feel oppression or you're at your office, maybe there's a lot of strife and gossip and you allow that gunk, the gook, to get slimed on you. You're a Thermometer, when God has called you to be a thermostat, we set the temperature. We set the, we set the spiritual temperature. Wherever we go, the peace of the Holy Spirit goes with us. That means you don't have to get slimed everywhere you go. You get to bring the glory and presence of God. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? You carry the king of the universe within you. The next area is wind or holy wind. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came as a mighty rushing wind. That was actually what drew the crowd. Then they heard them speaking in tongues. It was like a hurricane. The Holy Spirit has a way through his power to draw people to him. And guess what? You get to be that conduit of his glory and presence wherever you go. He will pour out his holy wind. Also, this is symbolic of wind that moves us, moves some of us to the nations, 
moves us to the difficult places, blows us. We need to have our sails up every day. Holy Spirit, blow me where you want me to go. Every day I pray that. Holy Spirit, I'm yours. My schedule is yours. Use me how you want to use me. That needs to be our prayer. Also, Jesus spoke of the Spirit, that the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who is born of the Spirit. Then finally, the Holy Spirit comes as fire in our lives. At Pentecost, the Bible says that the tongues of fire appeared over the heads of each of those who were gathered together. The Holy Spirit comes as fire to work something deep within us, to cleanse us, to purify us, but also to empower us. The fire refines us. The baptism of fire can also come as adversity. In the midst of persecution or suffering, as we turn to the Lord, we move way beyond our own abilities and strengths. What God has called us to do is way beyond what you can do in your own abilities. He's called you to move supernaturally. By his spirit, he will move miraculously through your lives. And this is the baptism of fire. So there was wind and there was fire on the day of Pentecost, and it was on every head. It's for all of us. The Bible talks about that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 31, you can see it there. And it talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. And through our lifestyle, through our actions, what we say, what we do, it says, therefore, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put off or put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Somebody needs to hear that today. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one, one another, even as Christ forgave you. The Greek word translated as grieve means to cause to feel sorrow, pain, unhappiness, or distress. As the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit has a personality and ability to feel emotions. We grieve the Holy Spirit in our lives. We cut off his activity when we choose to follow sin. Now, I'm not saying you lose your salvation. Do not hear that today. But his movement in our life is hindered when we choose a path of sin. I got good news. 
He hits the delete button every time you repent and turn to him. Have you, have you ever done this before? You're talking to somebody and all of a sudden maybe you t- start talking bad about somebody else and all of a sudden inside of you, it's like nails on the chalkboard. You feel, inside of you feel sick. It's the Holy Spirit within you. You've just grieved him. Well, guess what? Jesus, I'm sorry. He hits the delete button. But we can grieve him. We can uh, hinder his activity in our lives. We can also quench the Holy Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, it says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. It's a real simple verse. Also talks about testing all things. Don't despise prophecies on throughout that chapter. Grieving the Holy Spirit is similar to quenching the Holy Spirit that both negatively impact a believer, the church and the world. Quenching the Spirit speaks of stifling or suppressing the fire of God that burns within every believer. It's like choking the wind or blowing out a fire. In the body of Christ, there are are certain denominations, movement that say the, the gifts passed away after the first century church. Or maybe we say God can do some things, but not all of them. I want to tell you the first century is our example. The book of Acts, the New Testament, is an example for us to live by. It's an instruction book. It's a guide for us. that What we see in there, we should see in our lives. Jesus said, you will even raise the dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember one day I was with some of our African leaders. There was three apostolic leaders in Niger, all ministering in the difficult places in the Sahara. And I asked them one day, have you guys ever seen by raised from the dead? And all three of them shared testimonies. One of them shared two testimonies of Muslim children that their parents brought to them. The children had died. And they heard that when the Christians prayed, that God answered their prayers. And Jesus raised them from the dead. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise for that. We need to not quench the Holy Spirit, limit his activity, choke out his work in our lives. And guys, we just need to simply say, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do, do it through me. I'm not going to limit you. There's extremes in the body of Christ, hyper-emotionalism and extreme intellectualism. (laughs) People living out their faith based on just experience alone. Others, that's a very intellectual Christianity, even they make, they don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. I want to say we need to have an extreme middle. I want the Spirit and the Word in my life. I love the Word of God, and I love the Holy Spirit's activity in my life. We need both of our lives. Every experience we have in the Holy Spirit should align with the Scriptures. But I'm not going to make an idol of my experiences or an idol of my lack of experience. Some of us have had experiences in the past in the Holy Spirit and we're still living off of those things. When Jesus is a Jesus of today. Today, we need to be pursuing God. Not something that happened 20 years ago. And I praise God for what God did in my life before. But I want to pursue him fresh today. And I don't want to limit him based on my intellect 
We need to allow him to do whatever he wants to do in and through our lives. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit on display. And this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For time's sake, I'm not going to read it. You can read it. The Bible talks about uh, pursuing love, but earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. Also, it talks about letting all things be done decently in order. I want to tell you before we talk about order, I want to talk about all things being done. And all things being done are the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit, active and vibrant in our life. The first one is faith. Faith allows one to accomplish mighty, uh, wonder-working works, turning vision into a finished product. This is a supernatural gift of faith. Now, we all needed to have faith to be saved, to believe in Jesus. It takes faith in his word to receive salvation. But this is a supernatural faith that God will impart to your life when you need it. Uh, There are things that God has called Melanie and I to do, lead our ministry in, that when we hear them for the Lord, we're like, okay, God, you're going to have to do this. We can't do this in our own strength and ability. Faith gives you the power to step out in it. It was the gift of faith with Paul. In Acts 27 and 28, when they were on that ship and they were in a two-week hurricane, (laughs) read that story, and they all think they're going to die. And in fact, at one point, Paul thinks they're going to die, then he seeks the Lord, and an angel appears to him and says, your prayers have been heard, you're going to be saved, and not one person is going to be lost. I want to tell you, it takes some faith to believe that. And, and that gift of faith manifested. Not one person was lost. God wants to give you faith that's supernatural. He's called you to step out way beyond your abilities. I tell you, even now, I feel this. There are people in here that have great ministries, businesses, and things that God is calling you to step out in, and you need his faith today. I want to invite you to receive that supernatural faith beyond your doubts and unbeliefs. And often, when God calls us to do something, we're looking at us. Instead of him. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's receive that faith. Uh, Working of miracles. This is the supernatural intervention. The course of nature when the supernatural interrupts and suspends or the, and halts or terminates the natural order. The word miracles indicates an explosion of God's power and presence into the natural. We see this all throughout scripture, where what was impossible became possible. The sun standing still. Peter walking on the water. Remember, Jesus was walking on the water towards his disciples. Some of the disciples thought he was a ghost, but Peter recognized it was Jesus. And he said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come out there with you. And what did Jesus say? Come on out here, Peter. He was surfing out there. (laughs) And what did Peter do? He walked on water. That was impossible. That was a miracle. God wants to work miracles in our life as we follow him. As, As we're led by the Spirit into these circumstances and life calling that we can't do in our own strength. The next area is gift of healing. Or healings. This is plural as there's different gifts given to the people or to people in certain areas of sickness. I found in my life and many others, man, I pray for people with heart conditions. I see so many people healed in that area. 
People, areas of oppression and depression, see them get free. You'll, you'll see this in your own life. You'll pray and you'll see God heal people. And maybe there's specific areas, but it doesn't just stop with physical healing. This is also emotional. And so I love the story of where Jesus heals the woman with the issue of blood. She presses through the crowd, grabs the hem of Jesus' garment, and he feels power come out of him. And he turns around, who touched me? And then finally the woman reveals, and she was healed. But I love how Jesus spoke to her. He said, daughter. He called her Daughter, this woman that had been rejected for years by culture and circumstances because of her infirmity. In those words, daughter brought healing to her identity and who she was. Also, words of wisdom. The word of wisdom is a divine portion of wisdom imparted by the Holy Spirit as he wills to know what to do or say or be in in any given circumstances, it's strategy, it's instructions from the Lord that are supernatural. Jesus did this with the rich young ruler. He came to him and said, good teacher, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? And Jesus said, go sell all you have. This was a word of wisdom to him. Specific instructions. God will give you supernatural downloads of instructions. Sometimes step by step on what you need to do. One minute earlier, you didn't have a clue. And you're praying and the Holy Spirit will download what you need to do. Praise God for the word of wisdom. The next is word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a portion of knowledge or information that cannot be known in any other way other than by the Holy Spirit. And this knowledge... Man, it will cut to people's hearts. The woman at the well, when Jesus ministered to her, they got in a religious discourse. And I love this story because Jesus went out of his ways with his disciples to a place that was off limits to Jews to minister to this woman. And when they got there, she started having a religious argument about where to worship, what church to go to. Not a good idea with Jesus. He asked her about her husband. Where's your husband? And uh, she went on kind of making excuses and says, you've had five and the one you're with is not your husband. Now this was all out of love because she was looking for love in all the wrong places. And he was love. And he came to minister to her and love her. That was a word of knowledge brought forth at that right time. Also words of knowledge will come for healing. There's times I look at people and I'll hear a specific word from the Holy Spirit for healing for them and deliverance. But it is the right word at the right time that brings healing and deliverance. Discerning the spirits. Discerning the spirits is the grace of God to see into the unseen realm of the spirit world. To know what is really going on in any given situation. It is the ability to see behind the surface of the matter or issue. To see that which is hidden. It is the spiritual impartation to discern, judge, and distinguish between the spirit of Satan or demons and the Holy Spirit, between the human spirit and demonic spirit. It is given, uh, it gives us the ability to know the difference between false, counterfeit, and the truth. The example of this in scripture, there's many, but Paul with the slave girl. In Acts 16, this girl was following them, saying these are the servants of the Most High God, proclaiming the way of salvation. It was 100% accurate. But it says after a while, Paul got annoyed, 
turned around, cast the demon out, out of her. It was a demonic presence in her, and she was actually freed that day. Prophecy. This is a gift manifested to reveal Jesus' heart for someone in a personal way, to bring exhortation, edification, and encouragement. It comes through words flowing from your spirit or through a vision or even uh, that are uh, symbolic or literal that God will give you. This is Jesus' heart for somebody that only he would know. Also, it can... Uh, this gift can tell the future. God may show you future events, and, and we see that in the scriptures. Gift of tongues in three ways. In Pentecost, Acts 2, these were literal languages that were given to the, the people there that did not know those languages. And it was a sign and wonder for those folks that spoke those languages. The next area is private. This is our personal prayer language. God will give you the gift of tongues, and it is a for your personal edification. It's between you and the Lord. You'll pray mysteries, and it's very powerful. It builds you up. When you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray through you through the gift of tongues. And then finally, the public gift of tongues, which is to be interpreted. This gift is very powerful. It talks about in Acts or in Corinthians that it's a sign to others. When it's interpreted, it's like prophecy, but it declares the wonderful mysteries of God. Many times I've seen this gift used in a a scenario of corporate worship when there's a funk over the worship. When there seems to be some kind of uh, attack of the enemy oppressing the people and you just, there's confusion in the service. Somebody gives a tongue corporately. The interpretation of that will break that spirit off of the people. God will even give you the interpretation of tongues for your own tongues as you're praying. Love to dive into this more. (laughs) We need to have like three more sermons on this, but uh, I want to end with this today, y'all. As I spoke earlier, the Holy Spirit wants to send his rain to refresh us. And then that rain in our lives will turn into a river. And that river is for the lost. We're called to see signs, wonders, and miracles among the lost in our neighborhoods and in the nations. Now, I have the privilege of ministering all over the world. And I want to tell you, you want to see a lot of miracles? Go to unreached people groups. There hasn't been a time when I've been to an unreached village where we have not seen miracles, signs, and wonders. But I don't believe there's two different Jesuses, two different Holy Spirits. The Holy Spirits are the Holy Spirit on the mission field and the Holy Spirit in Lexington. It's the same Holy Spirit, But do we have the same kind of Christianity as our brothers and sisters around the world that suffer for their faith daily? Are we truly reliant on the Holy Spirit like they are? I want to put forth a challenge. It is the same Jesus. He wants to show up in the same ways right here in Kentucky. The Lord put forth a challenge to me last year to begin to train people in the same way we train people overseas, train them right here to see the same kind of breakthroughs. I want to be able to stand before the Lord and say, there's no place left in Lexington, Kentucky, where the gospel has not been fully proclaimed. We need to share the gospel with our neighbors with our city. Everyone should hear the gospel. I was with a man on the plane a few months ago. He worked right across the street from us where our office is at in Palomar. And uh, 
we had been prayer walking that neighborhood to reach people there, just like we train our church planners. And I sat next to this guy, and his office was right across the street. It was so cool. It was a divine setup. And I have this thing on my phone where I use it to share the gospel. It's called the Three Circles. Very powerful tool to share the gospel with people. And I asked him, have you seen this? And I shared the gospel with him. At the end of it, he says, I have never heard this before. He had heard about church, heard about Jesus, but nobody had ever intentionally shared the gospel with him. Guys, there's unreached people all around us. And we need to proclaim the gospel to them. We need to see that same book of Acts power manifest right here in our lives. And he wants to do that. I started out with this story today. Where the Lord said to me, you're going to remember this day for the rest of your life. That morning, we went to that church. Then we went to this village. We showed up there. We thought we were going to be ministering to just a few people. And this crowd was there. (laughs) It was cool. It was a little scary though. Because it's illegal to preach the gospel in Nepal like this. But the Lord was there with us. So we shared the gospel. And the whole village gives their life to Jesus. Hallelujah. And at the end, this old man, I could tell he was the leader of it. And I'm like, I wonder what was going on there. Ended up, this guy was the local Hindu priest. Hallelujah. And he gave his life to Jesus. And there's Peniel praying. Man, we saw miracles that day. People get, got free from demonic spirits. It was awesome what happened. And I just want to say this to the children and parents in the room. There's no junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that empowers us as adults will empower our children. And if you haven't been prayed for by Peniel, you need to get prayed for for it. And you'll see there's no junior Holy Spirit. At the end of this time, I looked over and one of our leaders was speaking to this old man this former Hindu priest, hallelujah. And I thought, man, some deep theological truth. He was probably asking him about his new faith in Jesus. And afterwards, I went to our leader there and I said, hey, what was he asking you? He's like, can I have a hamburger? (laughs) He'd been in Hinduism and they believe in reincarnation, so you can't eat meat because you might be eating grandpa. And so he's like, man, this stinking religion didn't let me eat meat. Now I get to eat a burger. Hallelujah. Anybody love burgers here? Hallelujah. God showed up in power that day, y'all. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to remember that day for the rest of my life. It's the same Jesus in Nepal as it is here. But is our faith the same kind of faith that our brothers and sisters over there have. I want to invite you all to stand to your feet. I'd like us to pray this prayer together today. Then we're going to enter into a time of ministry and prayer for one another. I'd like to invite the worship team to come forward. I'm going to start reading this and then I'm going to invite you to join me here in a moment. But this is from Acts uh, 4.23. So just remember, here in a moment, I want you to pray this by faith, and I'll invite you to join. And being let go, they went 
uh, to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that they they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined to be done. Now, I'm going to ask you, will you grab hands with your neighbor? Let's just pray this prayer in unity. I want to ask you to pray this prayer for yourself, but let's pray this prayer for our local church, Church of the Savior. We're asking for the Lord to show up in power, in a sustained move of God. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me today. Asbury Awakening is just the beginning That was just a a wave of his spirit. But I'm telling you, like a wave that comes and comes back again, there's more waves. And as we press into him in our families, personally, and as a church, he's gonna pour out more. But it's not just for us. It's for the nations. It's for the lost. So I want us to pray this prayer together. Verse 27, I'm sorry, verse 29, let's pray this together. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Lord, we ask that today. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Fill us fresh today with your fire, with your power, with your anointing, with your rain, with your new wine, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. I want to invite you in your own way. Just cry out to him for a moment. Yes, Lord. reminded of the story, one of the church planners we trained in Niger, Abubakar is his name. He's from the Torek people. We trained him in the power of the spirit, the gospel, church planning, all these things. And he went back to his people, to a village where his ancestors were from. He had went to this village other times and was beat up and persecuted. This time he went, proclaimed the gospel, prayed for the sick and people were healed. But he prayed for a man who was on his deathbed. And, and as Abubakar told me, he goes, Miles, I looked at this guy one time and I could see death all over him. And I prayed looking away because it was so bad. The smell was so bad on this man. 
And he prayed this prayer. And I believe we should pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, glorify your name among these people. Glorify your name and heal him. Nothing happened. He said he left. Two days later, he received a call from this man's sister. This man was healed, miraculously healed. And hallelujah, yes. And they asked, the woman asked, will you come back? They want to meet the man who healed him. And he says, it wasn't me. But I'll introduce you to him. It's Jesus who I was telling you about before. And he went back and the whole village got saved. 254 people. Jesus is here today to do those same miracles. As I was praying, I believe there are people dealing with chronic pain. The Lord wants to touch you and heal you from that pain. I feel like there was uh, maybe one or two dealing with cancer. The Lord wants to heal you of this cancer. There's been people dealing with the spirit of death. You've been having suicidal thoughts. And the Lord wants to deliver you today. God wants to empower you with boldness and fire of the spirit. So we're going to open up the altars. The worship team's going to lead us in some songs, but we're going to open up the altars. We're going to have people down here praying. The prayer team, if you all could come forward. Some of you need to come and open your heart once again to the Spirit. Receive refreshing renewal. Others, come and receive miracles today. If I called out one of those areas, I want to pray for you today. Praise God.
God good? I want to, yes, you can clap. God is good. I want to thank Miles for ministering to us in the power of God's love by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to add something that, that Miles uh, prayed and spoke over us. He said there would be waves and waves and more waves. But would you agree with me this morning at COS that we should pray for a tidal wave of the Holy Spirit? We need a tidal wave. Not, we don't need just a little wave here and there. Even though Asbury was great, we need a tidal wave of the Holy Spirit, of God's grace, His healing, His power, His goodness. We need all of the Holy Spirit. We need all of God. I'm going to pray for us. And after I pray, you may be dismissed. You may want to go get your children, bring your children back. We're going to minister. There's people getting prayed for. We're going to, we're going to stay in the presence of God. We're going to continue to pray for people. And God, we want to thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit, not just on the day of Pentecost, not just in Nepal, not just to all these unreached people groups. We pray that you continue to do that. But I pray that you would pour it out on us here at COS and in the city of Lexington. We need you more now than ever before. We need more of you, less of us. So stretch out your hand and perform miracles. Pour out your Holy Spirit and we'll speak the word of God boldly and proclaim the name and fame of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everyone said, amen. You may be dismissed. If you need to go, please leave quietly. If you need to go get your children, you can bring them back in. We're going to continue to worship and pray for people in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us online at Church of the Savior today. We hope you were encouraged to grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.